while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Barrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. We're reacting live to the news that Donald Trump is uh, has is going to be indicted in the uh, in the state of New York in uh, by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Um, Alvin Bragg is is the uh, Manhattan District Attorney, and uh, he has led the charge on this uh, indictment by that was returned um, by a grand jury. Now, I don't know a lot about the process of grand juries in New York. I'm learning on the fly. Uh, I didn't expect this news to drop just before the show, but um, it seems like there's, you know, you know, one of the problems with grand juries, I will say, in any state is I, for, I don't even know if they should have grand juries. Grand juries is a one-sided and it's a very one-sided and secretive process. Um, there's no, there's no, there's no judge that's in the room. Uh, oftentimes the only attorney is the prosecutor and a room of 16 to 23 people typically. And they return, you know, if they find a more likely than not a crime has been committed, they return an indictment. Uh, in Massachusetts, grand juries are typically only used for state level of uh, offenses that will get you sent to state prison, basically. Um, so, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, you're, you know, just going, you know, it's just decided by a magistrate whether or not there's probable cause. And then it goes to a judge for arraignment. <clears throat> but in, and again, that, that, it's more likely than not is the standard. It's not proof beyond a reasonable doubt, which is the, which is the standard at conviction to be charged. It's, it's, um, it's, it's typically probable cause. So in Massachusetts, usually only offenses that uh, carry state prison time, rape, murder, arson, or if you offend, you know, they can decide. And there are some, you know, district court charges that do also carry a state sentence if the DA chooses to move for an indictment and if the grand jury moves to indict, which happens typically, you know, in that case, it happens when you got someone that's either done a specific crime a lot uh, and then the DA moves to indict or they have a bad record or maybe it's in conjunction with or maybe, you know, it's in conjunction with some other more serious stuff when they take those district court cases and indict them if there is an indictment available. And that's uh, cases that are over two and a half years. So New York's obviously every state has their own way of doing things. I'm not entirely sure on the grand jury process in New York, other than I know that like other grand jury processes, it's inherently one-sided and secretive. I, But 
Um, as far as Donald Trump goes and the validity of this case, we're not sure exactly what. We're being told that there's 30 counts that are um, 30 counts possible, which is quite a lot. 30 counts um, that he is being uh, that he will be formally arraigned on next week. He will be surrendered to the he will surrender himself um, to the relevant law enforcement authority, uh, I guess the NYPD, uh, for booking. Um, he'll be released uh, because it's not a violent crime. And typically, uh, and I think New York has, New York has bail reform. Uh, so uh, nonviolent offenses are, I think, automatic releases because they have bail reform. I think there was some effort to push back on that. I think Cuomo was trying to push back on that. I don't know if he was successful in scaling back some of the bail reform. But as far as I knew, New York's New York State is uh, has enacted bail reform some time ago. So there would be no case for bail in a case like this, a violate if it's a violation of public records law. Well, we do we do know apparently since he's expected to be released that it's likely not a violent crime that he's being charged with. It's probably more related to the business records or public records law. Again, it feels like there's more serious things, I think. It feels like a Capone on tax evasion type of thing. Because you have the classified documents case, which they said charges are pending there. But you have, or they might be, they're, you know, it's still under investigation. You also have the, you also have the, the phone call to the Secretary of State of Georgia, essentially asking the Georgia Secretary of State to find, I think, 10 to 12,000 votes. You have, you know, the involvement or potential involvement in January 6th, which I frankly think he's directly responsible for. And almost solely responsible for. Um, but this feels like, yeah, so it's 30 counts that it's related to business fraud. If it's in relation to just the Stormy Daniels thing, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where these 30 counts come from. So each charge is a count. Each, that's, that's what it is. So there's 30 separate offenses. He's being charged with. Now, there might be a few counts of the same offense, but it's 30 separate charges. It's 30 charges on one docket. So we'll see. 508 996 In terms of like, oh, this is, you know, is this going to help him? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I think it might help him in a primary, honestly. I think it, it I think it lends to his messaging in the primary. Um, that, you know, well, they're out to get me, the deep state and all that other stuff. You know, the establishment, the deep state, the swamp, they're out to get me. But does it play into, does it work for a general election messaging? I don't think so. And I think it actually puts Ron DeSantis in a tough spot. Because one, he's obviously going to be competing with the guy, Right. So he's, he doesn't want to say, well, Trump's, you know, doesn't want to say he's totally a victim. Doesn't want to say he didn't act wrong. 
So that would be bad for his campaign if he did that. Doesn't want to say Trump was completely and totally innocent of anything because he's trying to run a campaign. And one of the and one of the the wedge issues in his campaign would be I'm Trump without the baggage. I'm Trump, but I'm more well behaved and more palatable for a broader audience, right? But he also can't say that the charges were correct or the charges were justified because then that plays into the Democrats and what the Democrats want, the messaging the Democrats want. So very difficult situation for him. I can't imagine he's happy about it because I think this message, I think this, this, these indictments do actually help him in the primary for his messaging, but I don't think it helps him in the general election. And this is the first time ever that a sitting or not a sitting or former U.S. president has been charged with a crime and will be arrested, will be booked, will be processed, will be fingerprinted. So really interesting stuff. Um, again, we don't know what the counts are. That'll probably be that more will probably be revealed next week, but we're hearing 30 counts, 30 counts related to business fraud. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We'll also take your message on the WBSM app chat. So, you know, It's it's as far as it being a misdemeanor, typically falsifying business records in New York is a misdemeanor, but it can be elevated to a felony if the falsification was done to cover up to cover up a uh, another crime to cover up another crime. Uh, as far as the party affiliation of the grand jurors, none of that information is made public. The identities of the grand jurors, that's not made public. No one knows who they are. No one has any information on them, unless there's something I haven't seen. But they typically don't make those public. So, and uh, by the way, just so in case people don't know, if he were to be charged with a crime, he could be sent to prison. If he were to be charged with a crime, let's say he was, let's say he was convicted and arrested and put in jail, he could still run for president from jail. Uh, from jail. Uh, that is that's actually happened before. Um, there was a guy, Eugene Debs. A lot of you probably don't know who Eugene Debs is, but Eugene Debs was an Indiana state legislator. He was a well-known member of the um, well-known member of the Socialist Party. And he was convicted, I believe, in 1921. He was convicted in 1921 for violating the Sedition Act. So 
very much a political prosecution. But he still ran from prison. And actually, his button, Eugene Debs' button, had his prisoner, had his prisoner, um, inf- had his, uh, his inmate ID number. It was like inmate number, blah, 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 for president. He got, he didn't, you know, he ran for president a few times. Uh, he was a fairly well-known national figure. Um, and in fact, uh, Bernie Sanders did a uh, documentary on him. Uh, did a quick uh, inform, uh, in, in, like a sort of a quick short documentary on him that's available on YouTube in uh, about Eugene Debs. But yeah, he's from Terre Haute, Indiana, uh, state legislator. He did run from prison, so I think he got. I think he did well. I think he did well. I think he got like 4% of the vote running from prison. Something like that. He got like, yeah, I think he got 4% of the vote while running from jail. So not bad. Not bad. I think if Trump ran from from jail, he would get more than 4% of the vote. But the point I'm trying to make is, is it's entirely possible. It's been done before. Um, so he could actually run for office as um, he could actually run for office in uh, as a prisoner and he can pardon himself I think what you're going to see honestly I wonder if you're going to start seeing this because I don't know where this um, I don't know what where this is what this is uh I think you're going to start seeing this, honestly, because I, I think this sets an interesting precedent for, you know, former presidents and all of that other stuff. I'm sure there's some Republican district attorney somewhere that can try to hang an indictment on Biden, right? Uh, or try to hang an indictment on Obama. So you know, so you wonder if outgoing presidents are going to just start pardoning themselves. <laughs> Because they can do it. They'll just do it on their way out. They'll pardon themselves. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Or we'll take your messages on the WBSM app. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrell. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you get the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. We're reacting in this hour to what we're hearing is the uh, soon-to-be indictment of Donald Trump. Uh, he's expected to be indicted, arrested next week, in which case he'll be arraigned. Um, we uh, there's ex- The expectation is that there's 30... There's 30, um, there's 30 different counts 
and they violate the business records. Uh, they violate uh, business. They're related to business fraud. Now we don't know exactly if they're related to the Stormy Daniels, uh, the Stormy Daniels payments. Um, they could be related to other things. The thing is interesting about business fraud. I'd wonder, and I got to look at it. I'd wonder if Alvin Bragg has a history of. Because I'm not like, listen, I'm not saying that Donald Trump doesn't belong inside of a jail cell. Um, but I'm wondering if this type of stuff diminishes the, I'm wondering if trying to hook him on something like this diminishes the, diminishes the impact of the other, like more serious offenses. Now, you could say, you know, um, accountability, you know, if he did something wrong, he did something wrong, who cares? But like, I think there's a political, this is obviously a politically motivated prosecution. Of course it is. You know, anybody saying it's not, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, of course it is. It's ridiculous to say it's not. <laughs> it's ridiculous to say it's not. That doesn't mean, just because it's politically motivated, doesn't mean Donald Trump didn't commit any crimes, right? There's plenty of politically motivated prosecutions, but it doesn't mean they didn't commit any crimes. And Donald Trump, may have committed some crimes. Think about it this way. Donald Trump's been in business for 50 years. He's been sued by the DOJ more than once um, for discriminating against, uh, uh, against um, yeah, just not letting black people into his, uh, into his housing developments. Um, he's been sued by them actually, tw- uh, he's been sued by them actually twice. Uh, it's myriad other lawsuits. It's a big, you know, runs a big company. But I think it's, do you think that Donald Trump hasn't done any business fraud in his 50 years in business? Probably. But I'd wonder if, if you're the DA in Manhattan, right? Manhattan's very much the economic epicenter of like the entire world. And you wonder if Alvin Bragg is going to start going after unscrupulous businessmen, which Donald Trump absolutely is an unscrupulous businessman. But if you're going to start going after unscrupulous businessmen, I think it would probably behoove you to build a record of doing that, right? <laughs> In Manhattan, I'd venture to say that there are other violations of business, uh, of there are other business fraud violations or uh, business fraud crimes that have occurred once or twice during his 10 years DA. This would probably be the most high profile of those cases, but I think going in and building a record of doing that would probably lend some credibility more. Now, again, I know people are, a lot of people are saying accountability is accountability. He committed the crime. He committed these crimes, all of that. I get all that, but there is a political angle to this. There is an optical angle to this. There is an optical angle to this. So, I think things like this, these charges, it all has to be done very carefully. And of course it's political. Of course it's political. That doesn't mean the crime is the, the, the what he's, what he might be accused of is something that came out of a campaign. The crime itself, the crime itself could be politically motivated. If it's related to the hush bunny payment of Stormy Daniels, then what he's accused of is something he did from political motivation. Was to, was to, was to keep Stormy Daniels quiet 
days before the presidential election. So, of course, it's politically motivated. These are all politically motivated. doesn't mean he hasn't committed a crime. But the question is whether or not this was the right angle, whether it was the right angle to say, let's get him on business records charges before you get him on the phone call to the Secretary of State in Georgia or before you get him on the falsified documents case. Does it diminish the other charges, which are more serious? What precedent are we trying to set? 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We'll also take your messages on the app chat. Good evening. Don't stop celebrating now because what's going to happen is uh, they're going to catch themselves with their own net is what's going to happen. Meaning what? Meaning that they're going to set this precedent that basically show me the person and then yeah. I'll find the crime. I agree. That's going to be bad in the future. It's not looking good. No, I agree. That's, you know, it's maybe why uh, they're not going after him for the uh, falsified document stuff because it might be something that a lot of presidents or even um, high ranking legislatures with security clearance have done. Right or the not the um the classified documents. They're going after him for whatever they can find on him. Like you just said, he's been in business for fifty years. He he must have done something. I mean, how many misdemeanors have have you done in your lifetime? No, I'm sure a lot of people have done a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, exactly. right? me or anybody. Yeah. It's like if you if you follow if I follow you all day long and record <laughs> what you're doing, you yeah. know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's you know, uh, we don't we still don't know what it is yet. So if it's just like he didn't, and I'm rem- not admitting. I'm not admitting to do it any misdemeanor. So <laughs> neither am I, or, or anything. <laughs> neither, neither, neither am I. But um, <laughs> you know, it depends on what these business fraud, this business fraud is. If it's related to this Stormy Daniels payment, it's kind of like uh, he didn't report it the right way or something like that. It's that's pe- kind of crazy because the thing is, yeah, he. I mean, I thought blackmail was illegal. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. You are. But it seems to me she was blackmailing him. He paid her, and then they said that he should have reported that as a campaign finance. But to me, he didn't want his wife to know about it. I mean, if you if you, if you you arrested every guy that paid, you know, a hooker off so his wife didn't know about it, I mean, the jails would be overflowing right now. Yeah, I mean extortion is illegal, but I, the, the way that the, the the way the sequence of events played out apparently was um, the way uh, was she contacted the inquirer. Um, a friend Donald Trump had at the inquirer tipped him off to the story that was gonna that was gonna. And they tr- bought the sto- bought the rights. And right? then they bought the story. So if and they they called her people. They they contacted her and said, "Don't publish the story." And then they bought the well, rights of the they story. They bought it from us. So yeah. that seems like a smart way to go about it. I don't know why that's illegal, but. It, well, I, I don't think it was. I don't actually think that was illegal. I think that the way that it was apparently the way that it was either paid or the way that it was either paid or reported. So maybe some type of wire fraud or some type of misreporting of the, you know, misreporting maybe in the. Uh, maybe in the investigation of this specific transaction, they found a bunch of other stuff because there are 30 counts. Um, that's that's quite a bit. I, who knows what those 30 are? I mean, I'm sure they're attacking <laughs> them on like as, as much as they can. But yeah, meanwhile, but. we're stuck with a guy that, you know, 
can't finish a sentence and can't walk up a set of stairs without falling falling up a set. It's you know, so I don't know. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah. Take care. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, you know, we don't know what the charges are. It could be that in their investigation, you know, the way investigations go, you pull a thread, right? And you might may find some more stuff, right? So if it's related to the Stormy Daniels payment, maybe they found some other stuff. Maybe they found some other uh, some other things. Again, what we're hearing is that they're non-violent and he will be released on bail. New York, I believe, is a bail reform state. So typically the way it works is you don't get held if it's a non-violent crime. So we're not going to find any bodies. I don't think. I don't think they found anything like that. Um, so we're not sure. We're, we're still trying to figure that out. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Marcus. Good. How, how you doing? Hey. Good, and you? Good, good. Well, I guess it must be difficult to kind of keep down your glee tonight over this, playing that bad boy song. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I was trying. Well, no, it's, it wasn't It wasn't celebratory. I was just trying to be thematic. Just trying to play with the theme, you know? Mm. Well, I wonder if you think that uh, I wonder if you think that people will see that there's a double standard going on here. Why is that? Why? Yeah, double standard with whom? Uh, not not like not quite obvious that they're uh, going after former President Trump on misdemeanor stuff, and the attorney that's doing it is letting. Uh, Pretty serious criminals out, uh, get away with nothing down there in New York City. And then at the same time, you had the Biden family doing a little bit of business with Ukraine and China. And that's not really been explored at all. In fact, I think they, they, the laptop is uh, it spent more time collecting dust than anything else. Well, I, I don't know if that's think, within I think the, the, the double standard is pretty apparent. Well, I don't know if the um, whatever whatever. Joe or Hunter Biden did with Ukraine's within the purview of of Alvin Bragg. Is any connection to the president? Well, no, I don't. I didn't. I, I, I didn't. I just didn't say. That, I don't know if there's a prosecutor right now that's in currently in power that's willing or able to prosecute that that case if there is anything there. All right, but we do. That, but I mean, the stuff that they have on the Biden family, Hunter, his brother, and the president, um, is uh, by far and away. Much more serious, actually very serious, actually realistically serious than whatever they can find on uh, former President Trump. Well, I think the double standard for the people of the United States is going to be very apparent. And I'm wondering if I'm wondering if a lot of people are not going to finally open up their eyes to see it. Well, I wonder if, you know, there is a prosecutor who's a Republican that's in power somewhere that can find some way to connect, to make a connection to the Hunter Biden case. And maybe they can try to, um, you know, put together a grand jury or something. But right now we don't, you know, I think the only way that happens is if there's a President DeSantis or President Trump in the uh, in the Oval Office in, in 2025 and they're able to do that uh, and they're able to do that. Or maybe there just isn't enough there to to to. To in, in, so you think it's a matter of Democrat or Republican and the prosecutors? So I'm just starting to read a book by Alan Dershowitz. Of course. of course it is. I mean, of course, that? Of, of course it's, of course it's, uh, yeah, no, this is political. Of course it's political. Yeah. 
I mean, well, I thought the justice was supposed to be blind. Yeah, it's unfortunately it's not. It's it's not unfortunately, and um, what well, good is it then? I agree. Uh, I agree. It, it's it's you know a lot of this is. I mean, people who are in office as prosecutors are elected officials. They are politicians by trade. So, I, you know, Alvin Bragg. Uh, Alvin, I guess I've been around the earth a little bit longer than you have. I seem to remember uh, prosecutors and. And uh, government officials, uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s, they were more or less at the end of the day going to do their job and not just go by party bias. In fact, I think they had uh, some inner inner parts of themselves that uh, required that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on. Well, look, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I'm not saying every prosecutor is, um, you know, pure, purely motivated by politics, but... You know, to say, obviously it's not, you know, any, I think anybody that says Alvin Bragg isn't motivated by politics is lying to themselves and everybody else. But that doesn't mean that Trump didn't commit a crime. That doesn't mean that there weren't 30, those 30 counts. It doesn't mean there wasn't a single crime that Trump committed in them. It's just a matter of, um, and there might, like, it's just a matter of did he commit a crime? If he did, is it something that was worth moving forward with given the implications? Well, you know, you know, practicing law that, uh, uh, you still there? Few of us that have, few of us that not have, have not committed any crimes. I think there was some politician or prosecutor in the USSR that, uh, told somebody one time, he said, show me the man and I'll give you the crime. Yeah. I'll I show mean, you the crime. Prosecutors, um, the, the pro- prosecutors have, um, discretion. Um, they can seek charges in certain cases and they, they can decide to seek charges or not to seek charges, um, basically for whatever reason that they, that they choose. If they, if they want, if they want to not seek a charge on somebody, even the, even if there's a crime committed, they can decline to do so. Um, they can null pros the case and even get it past the judge by saying, we're going to null pros this case. So they have discretion. There's also the issue of precedent here. I agree. And I don't think there's no precedent for this. There isn't. It's the first time now, ever. Now, now it will create precedent. So I don't, eh, I'll tell you the truth. I'm worried about this, where this takes us. It might be a long, hot summer. I agree. Um, I actually, I, I, uh, I agree with that. I, I'm not sure where this is. I'm, I'm not sure where this is going to, uh, where this is going to take us either. Um, it is, it is, it's, it's concerning. The reaction that's going to happen is, is definitely uh, concerning. I agree. All right, Marcus, you have a good night. You as well. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM. One's on the left, left, the other on the right. Right. But they're both ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight here on WBSM. I mean, the other way of looking at this is maybe, maybe more presidents should be indicted for crimes. <laughs> maybe it's like this is setting a precedent, and that's a good thing. Maybe if presidents have to be held accountable for the things that they do, then. They won't do those things anymore. I don't know. Something to think about. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. How you doing? I thought I would call and ask for some pre-legal advice tonight. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. (laughs) 
but I know you're the WBSM legal eagle. Sure. And I've always been under the impression that a convicted felon cannot run for president of the United States. I'm hoping you can clarify this for me. A convicted felon? I know a someone. Um, I know somebody who uh, is convicted. Uh, I know someone who's convicted for um, in a um, what's it called? Impeachment is allowed, but uh, a person convicted of a felony, uh, I believe, can run for for president. There's no con- there's no part in the Constitution that prevents them from doing so. I think the only requirements uh, that that you run for president are that if you're 35 and a you know a born uh, resident of the United States, it's in the Constitution. I don't think there's anything. Uh, in terms of felony convictions that uh, in the Constitution that says you can't run for president. Now, if there's state law, if there's um, if there are there might be some state laws in certain states that say if you're a convicted felon, you can't run for certain offices. But as far as the federal government goes and running for president, there's nothing in the Constitution. OK, I, I appreciate you clarifying that. I tend to agree with you. I think that this Stormy Daniels situation is probably the least of his problems. Yeah. Um, I really believe January 6th is a much bigger problem. Yes. Uh, Maybe. I'm not too sure about the classified situation with the documents. I'm not too sure about that. But uh, I just I needed to clarify that. Uh, You know, I I saw a short YouTube video. I'm a registered Republican voted for the I voted for the former president twice. And I made up my mind on January 7th. I'm done. Right. But having having said that, having said that, I still liked a lot of his policies, and uh, I would personally, I don't want to see Trump or Biden. I don't want to see either one of them running for the office. Although in the back of my mind, I can't help but think two years out, it's a possibility. And I do think if it comes down to Trump and Biden, I actually think Trump's going to lose. Yeah, I think I so think, too. Um, I I think. I think the Democratic National Committee will ramp it up so hard and so hot against Donald Trump, it will be very similar, very similar to 2020. Yeah, I think I think so. And, and not only that, not for nothing, um, Donald Trump came into office with most people not really liking him anyway. Um, so he didn't get the majority of the vote, and his polling numbers were never even approaching 50. Uh, his approval, approval ratings were never even approaching 50. So you get all this other added stuff that people see is very visible, like January 6th, like these, you know, these indictments, uh, maybe something in the classified documents. Um, I think it's difficult to make a case that he can win, uh, honestly, that he, he can beat Joe Biden. Things would have to be really, I mean, you know, I think the economic situation in this country has been getting worse for a long time uh, across um, different presidents. But it would, I mean, there'd have to be like Hoover, you know, I think we'd have to be living in Hooverville's uh, for um, Trump to have a, to have a shot. But I do believe what he said in this 20, 30 second YouTube video. And I believe it, it I could be wrong. I think it was from his speech in Waco last weekend that he said, basically, uh, if, he basically said, if we lose, he said, we're going to lose our country. And if Joe Biden is the best the Democrats can put out there, I can't help but think he's probably right on with that. That's yeah. Just my, just my opinion. I'm, 
I it's like I don't want to see either one of them run, but I'm more worried about uh, Joe Biden being reelected. Yeah, I think if it's Trump and Biden, he'll be reelected. Uh, pretty, um, I think but he'll. That, that makes soundly. me fearful for our country. That makes me fearful for our country. I'm sorry, I just don't believe he's gonna he's gonna take this country to the next level. I just don't think it's gonna happen. You know? yeah. And again, I don't want to see either one of them run. It's difficult to see anybody out there that's looking to run think that they will. Honestly, it's uh, feels like <laughs> it feels like you get you need a real transformative figure right now, and there yeah. isn't one that uh, is uh, exists that's able to run. I think. Thank you, Marcus. That's all I got. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thanks for the call. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe more presidents should be indicted for stuff. Um, <laughs> we do know presidents like commit crimes, um, but it feels like it's, I guess, part of the job. So it might be the reason that they're getting him on business records instead of stuff he did as president because they don't want the stuff they don't want because maybe there's some federal office holders that have done similar stuff that have high levels of security clearance that have done similar stuff with classified documents. I don't know. Maybe that's the case. I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm saying that it's I'm not saying I'm saying people should be held accountable for the wrong things that they've done. People in power, for sure. But there's still a level of optics I think you have to consider with this. I don't like Donald Trump. I never voted for him. I never would. I don't think he belongs outside of a jail cell necessarily. But I think there's I think there's considerations with optics and how it looks politically to be considered. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. I'm going to take a break. Welcome back. We're closing out the end of the hour. By the way, you can win four Red Sox tickets to tomorrow's game. Four Red Sox tickets to tomorrow. I mean, uh, to not to tomorrow's game, to Saturday's game at 4 p.m. Saturday, 4 p.m. Red Sox are playing at Fenway Park, and you can get four tickets to the game. The what you got to do is download the WBSM app. And you got to, between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. tomorrow here on South Coast Tonight, message us on the app chat your favorite Red Sox memory. Could be you watching the game at home. Could be you going to uh, the game at Fenway. Could you, you be you going to the game anywhere in the world, uh, anywhere in the country? Could be going to Wrigley Field or Yankee Stadium, more likely than not. Um, or you meeting a Red Sox player. Any memory you have related to the Red Sox, share your favorite Red Sox memory with Chris and I between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. tomorrow on South Coast tonight. And we're going to pick our favorite and we're going to, we're going to, we are going to give that person tickets to this, to the game. And there are digital tickets. You don't even have to come here and get them. You can just, the, the, and it's brought to you by our friends. At Lang Exaferis uh, and Bullard, a fantastic local law firm here in uh, here in Greater New Bedford, uh, run by New Bedford Mayor Scott Lang. So remember, download the app between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. tomorrow. 
message Chris and me on the app chat your favorite Red Sox memory. Your favorite Red Sox memory. And we'll announce the winner after the 9 o'clock news. Stay tuned.